Hello and welcome to the SEO SAS podcast. Your hosts are the wonderful, beautiful and just awesome Hannah Bryce, SEO manager at Gymshark and myself, Sarah McDowell, SEO specialist at LikeMind Media. Why are we called SEO SAS? Well, we are your special answering service when it comes to SEO. Quite frankly, me and Hannah are geeks on the subject of SEO. We spend Saturdays recording podcasts <laughs> all about the subject just because we love talking about it. So yes, we address topics, questions, debates, things that have happened, and we basically just like to get you answers. This show is brought to you by the team at Like Mind Media. Like My Media help clients find their audience and start having conversations with them, whether that's on social media, content, or even podcasts, just like this one. We're actually using their podcasting equipment right now. They're super lovely people who take time to understand your business and think like you. Thanks, Hannah. How are we doing, Hannah? Very nicely done. That's how you do an intro. Drop mic, walk away. I know, yeah. Walk away, podcast done. Well, we've been doing the podcast for about a year, so, you know. Over that now, year and a quarter. Year and a quarter. Yeah. Oh, my god! I know. This is like a long-term job for me. <laughs> <laughs> this is long, that we don't the get longest paid. I've committed to anything apart from my husband and my mortgage. <laughs> Cats? No, also a job. I our friendship? <laughs> yes, our friendship is longer than that. This is true. Okay, that was a null and void point. I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine. <laughs> I am also fine. I am very, very good. Thank you. But we've got some exciting news. We like exciting news. Yes. So this week we have got a special guest. Go on. <laughs> leave us in suspense. That is, I love to leave people in suspense. I know, you, know you do. Guests. You just, you talk in clickbait. And not just on the podcast. No, in real life it's really annoying. You get one message you never guess what happened. Okay. <laughs> And then it's more annoying when I don't reply for a couple of hours and you're like, what happened, Sarah? (laughs) But anyway, yes, so we have a special guest on today's podcast and it is the wonderful Hannah Corbett. Great name. Great. Well, obviously. So, Mm -hmm. so things don't get confusing. We'll go with your last name. Yep. Today. So you are Brycey. (laughs) Okay. Yep. Sounds good. Uh, So who is Hannah? I hear you ask. Who is Hannah? Thank you. So she is the operations manager slash strategic mastermind at digital marketing agency HitSearch. And she oversees like all the marketing activity and she sort of focuses on the strategy. And part of the strategy is organic search. And she works a lot with the SEO team. So hello, Hannah. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. How are we doing? I'm doing very, very well, thank you. How are you both? Yes, we can't complain. Are you having a good Saturday morning so far? I am so far. I'm very excited to be on the year and one quarter anniversary of the podcast. I feel like we need party poppers. (laughs) I I love that detail as well. Thank you for the detail. A year and a quarter. Um, It's a big event, it's a big occasion. (laughs) Do you have any sort of morning routines? Um not definitely not on a Saturday (laughs) Um, I don't I mean I don't usually uh, get up and sort of come and do a podcast first thing in the morning so it's a bit different for me today (laughs) 
Well, yes. And I mean, um, we're so glad that you agreed to come on. So it's wonderful to pick your brains. And I think I'm like, excited about this episode for people because I think it's going to be a really good one. Me too. Yeah. And, and your job, your role sounds really awesome. So can you give us sort of a brief overview of, of who you are and how you got to do that job and also just how you got into SEO in the first place? So entirely, I mean, how, how I sort of got into SEO was um, entirely unintentionally, as I think a lot of people <laughs> in the industry have sort of got, got there in that way. Um, my first sort of proper job after I left uni was in copywriting many, many moons ago. Um, and that sort of eventually led to writing to digital, which naturally led to optimizing content for search. And mm. for a while I was you know, sort of like an SEO copywriter. And then I made the move to the dark side, went into the technical technical side of SEO. Um, and now I, you know, I'm most heavily involved in sort of the strategy and the strategic side of things, um, as you said before. But I do still get the chance to uh, get stuck in and get my hands dirty from time to time, which is nice. That sounds like such a cool job. Yeah. So obviously being the overseer and sort of like deciding what you want to sort of get involved with more or... Yeah, it's, um, it, I mean, it's very, very varied. Um, so it's all, you know, as, as an agency, we obviously sort of deal with clients and we have such a diverse uh, portfolio of clients. We've got everything from kind of like, you know, retail sort of fashion brands through to legal firms and things like that so the strategy side is very interesting and it is you know very very different um day to day in terms of just making sure that everything's sort of doing as it should and and taking along and and everyone's happy yeah Um, I do enjoy it it's good because I obviously work in an agency as well so I Mm -hmm. I love the sort of varied sort of working with different clients working with different industries and I find doing that it just makes things a lot like really interesting because obviously with SEO it's not a one size fits all and marketing in general it's not a one size fits all so it's all about like sort of a b testing seeing what works and yeah I just find like agency life quite quite it can be stressful (laughs) but then so is life and good things are stressful absolutely I agree definitely (laughs) never a dull moment (laughs) so basically we've got you on this week to talk about sort of the future of SEO because I think that's a really interesting and a topic that we need to talk about because we need to be aware of what's coming up in the future and what's around the corner. So I want to start with Hit Search Limited did an article titled Digital Marketing Predictions for 2020, as you know. (laughs) And (laughs) in that article, you like, well, you said a pretty bold statement in So you said in 2020, organic search will have to take a deep breath and finally admit that it's no longer the powerful traffic driving medium that it once was. So obviously we're in 2020 now. So can you talk to us more about that statement? Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, well, I mean, first of all, I think, you know, if you're making predictions for the future, they might as well be bold, right? Um, (laughs) Love that. (laughs) Be bold, people. Um, Exactly, yeah. Um, But yeah, it's basically the thinking behind it is um, 
we, you know, for years, organic search has been such a huge, valuable source of traffic and, and revenue for pretty much anyone and everyone who's cared to optimise for it. I know that's a bit of a blanket statement because it's not quite that easy, but uh, just hear me out on this. <laughs> the size of the industry has grown to, even since the time, you know, that, that, I've, that I've worked in digital, it's just huge in search of become such a natural part of our behavior every day you know we search for everything I know like at home we, we always take the mickey out of my dad um because he'll sort of sit in his chair with his ipad and like every anything that anyone says he's sort of there googling it and getting the you know the wikipedia page and saying oh well actually in 1973 you know whatever <laughs> but it's just an example you know it goes to show how important it's become in in day-to-day life and so because of that organic and paid um, search as sort of marketing channels have become so important and, and there's so go-to in terms of like how we're going to deliver results you know even the small list of businesses down to like Bob's Butchers in your local village or what have you have uh, sort of on to the fact that SEO is a thing and they need to somehow be utilizing it to you know capitalize on that that value for their businesses so the point of uh, my 2020 prediction is um, that the noose is really going to start to tighten on this opportunity um, that search and especially organic search uh, can provide us um, because it's just getting more and more competitive Mm. all the time to get near I mean anywhere near the top of page one you know whereas once upon a time a few years ago I know just getting anywhere near page one even if you're on the bottom or the top of page two was enough to be like hey we don't have a celebratory pint in the pub on top of that even when you do manage to you know get up there it's then more and more difficult again to actually win clicks and get Mm. that user through to your site and get the traffic through so yeah that's sort of the the gist of the prediction is that it's just harder and harder all the time to actually get that traffic now Hmm. um, from organic search and I think getting to a bit of a tipping point which is Hmm. interesting. Obviously as well in the article it sort of addressed that it isn't the end of driving value through organic search and instead marketers will have to start thinking about what else organic can offer aside from traffic and what other ways Mm -hmm. that organic as a platform can help connect organizations with their target audiences so could you give us some examples yeah definitely I mean of course search and you know organic and whatever is not just gonna disappear overnight just because it's getting harder and more difficult to drive traffic through it doesn't mean that it's just all of a sudden you know forget about google and and on to the next um but one so one sort of good example of thinking about it in a slightly different way is something that we've been playing around with a little bit recently at hit search um you know as, as you said before sarah a lot of seo is kind of about testing different things and a b testing and see what the results are and so we've kind of started approaching it a little bit differently and rather than thinking of a search engine as sort of the entirety of a user's journey online so rather than thinking of them as sort of going through this process of oh I need information I'll do a google search I'll click through and then I'll come on the website and convert we started thinking of the search engine and and specifically the results page as sort of one part of a larger online user journey 
um, which brings up loads of sort of really interesting geeky stuff about, um, you know, different conversion paths and attribution and, and that whole like reporting side of things. Um, but especially for, like I said, some of our more retail and like fashion focused brands, we've even sort of pulled back a lot from non-brand searches um, and a lot, you know, longer tail sort of side of things and just started to focus on brand searches and then thought about that in the wider context of digital and how do we get, how do we do other activities to get people to search for the brand and then, you know, and so it's sort of thinking about organic in in a different way, I guess, in the context rather than relying on it just as an independent channel that can just drive all the traffic all on its own. Yes, definitely. And I think those examples are really, really good, especially for our audience as well to mm-hmm. sort of have a play around. So in two th- so in the 2019 stats that's come from Spark Toro, that stat showed that half of all searches are no click. Can you give a bit more detail in terms of like what exactly that means, just to explain that to our listeners and, and how that's happened? Yeah, I think I think it's a really interesting start. I think that sort of specific where where that's come from. I think it was US only data um, using it. So I'm not. I don't actually know how that translates when you when you just look at the UK in isolation. But in any case, I think it's certainly a talking point, and it's certainly a shift in in search behaviour and, and user behaviour that you know we have to we have to pay attention to and we have to consider. But yeah, I think that no click searches and and where that's kind of come from so people you know searching for whatever it is on google and then getting the answer they need in the SERP without actually having to click through to a site i think it is it is just another sort of natural evolution of the search industry that that is based on technological advancements and changes in user behavior and and kind of all, all these things that influence search so of course it makes sense that result the set results themselves are gonna are gonna change as well yeah that makes a lot of sense and just touching on the sort of technological changes in the user behavior like you say how do you think that's actually changed so and just i just something just occurred to me when you were saying about this difference between page one and page two and how page one used to be really celebrated i mean do you Mm -hmm. think user behavior will ever change to the point where google will get rid of everything other than page one for example i mean it's certainly a possibility um I know. I mean, and I think especially if if you kind of um, read up on some of the stuff that uh, our good friend Rand Fishkin has been talking about <laughs> a lot in the past couple of years, um, it, he, you know, he would argue, and, and there is evidence to support that it's already kind of moving in that way. But yeah, to to go back to the point about um, technology and, and user behaviour changing, I, I think the biggest kind of example of that is like the technological advancements that we've seen with virtual assistants in the past few years so like Siri, Alexa, the Google Assistant, all of them that you know that's a huge change now even compared to five years ago we all have them on our phones and also in our homes as well Um, and that technological advancement we think it's a bit like which came first scenario like do we have this technology because we naturally sort of evolved to hands you know hands-free and voice searches or whatever or do we do that 
because we now have this technology. That's a really good not point. Not sure which way around it is. Yeah, it's almost like because we we constantly have this need to be connected, don't we? It's almost we were having mm. this conversation the other day where you just you don't retain information anymore because you know you can Google it whenever you want. You know mm. you can get dates, or you've got your Google Calendar with everyone's birthday in. You've got so many reminders for everything. You know you can get the directions to somewhere as you're going there. It's just. Your mind doesn't take it yeah. in anymore. My uh, brother-in-law came up with a rule that when you're at the pub and you're having a conversation, you're not allowed to Google stuff because it's very much that point. Like debates or conversations don't happen because if you can Google the answer, then that's that conversation yeah, exactly. stops stop right there. That's a um, good point, yeah. And I know that's a stupid stupid example but he was like yeah I'm gonna start banning uh, Google in pubs when we're having those you know when you're having a few drinks and you're debating the the world and like if if you've just got Google to give you the answer where's the fun yeah yeah exactly you might as well just go for a pint with Siri (laughs) (laughs) I don't imagine that would not be as fun (laughs) <laughs> probably not no <laughs> so just in terms of the sort of involvement of search then do you do you see any other ways that it's involving or already has yeah I mean I think it's it's I mean it's constantly evolving it, it's never been the same since day day one really and I think yeah it, it, is, it is a lot to do with technology obviously um one one thing that I think is really, really interesting, again, about these kind of virtual assistants or whatever you want to call them, and especially some of the devices like the Google Home and the Amazon Echo that, you know, we have, they don't even have screens on them, a lot of them. So straight away, that's a huge change to the way that people are searching and the way that people are getting results that naturally has a big impact on what marketers and, and organizations have, have you know the way that we have to kind of react to that yeah hmm. so touching on voice search and voice assistance then I mean is there any sort of like tips from your from your opinion about like what what businesses can do to like make the most out of voice search yeah um I think there are there are ways, sort of different ways that you can uh, optimize for voice search. So obviously there's the whole everything around kind of rich snippets and the whole ever elusive position zero spot. Um, again, something that I know that we've had to look at in the past sort of six to 12 months is a different different types of search queries as well so it's changing the way that we do keyword research to understand you know obviously when when we're sort of all sat in the office and, and doing work on clients and whatever we're all using desktop computers or laptops or whatever and we're doing the keyword research it's it's very easy to kind of get stuck in that context of this is how I'm using it so that's the context of how you're doing the research and Mm. you know actually carrying out the work but a lot of times if the users are actually using voice search or using the kind of the the, the digital assistants the 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 language that they use and the way that they the way that they actually search is going to be a lot different so we've um and for some of our clients, obviously, it's not right for everyone, but um, we've started exclusively sort of fo- focusing on voice search and different types of queries that are more, I mean, they're, they're a little, I think they're a little bit wordier because um, obviously you don't have to type it out. It's a little bit more verbose and a bit longer tail. And we've had some strategies where we've sort of tailored specifically to voice search because we've identified that that's the trend 
in the user behavior in the target audience um, and then obviously I kind of had all the, the structured data markup and, and everything that to go with it but um, yeah I think it, there are definitely ways that you can tailor the activity that you're doing to to mimic that mm. user behavior to make sure that you're still aligned with it. When you're looking for the kind of things people are searching for with voice search are you looking at the kind of PPC data or Google search console queries because I know this in PPC um, you can look and you can, sometimes it'll even show you where it says hey Google doesn't it? Yeah yeah exactly it's really interesting. Um, we, we use a, a combination of different things because the sort of I mean I definitely still use like the keyword planner and adwords quite a lot um but then there's also super super skeptical part of me that just kind of doesn't completely trust google yeah no, um, fair enough. you know so yeah so we look at search console as well but um we use um SEM rush an awful lot for keyword research and also um some other free tools and things like that that you can find online cool um so i think yeah i think it's good to use a combination of things to kind mm. of <laughs> cover all bases yeah don't just rely on one tool but like try yeah definitely do your research Absolutely. many minds are better than one kind of many thing. tools are Absolutely. better than one <laughs> cool so um with the sort of combination of voice search and google's rich results monopoly it's it is harder than ever to drive traffic via organic search really but in terms of so from obviously Rand Fishkin's Brighton SEO talk when he's talking about rich results monopoly what what do you what how do you interpret what that exactly means and what that means for us so I think it I mean and it it is a monopoly I think the word monopoly is kind of scary in a way and has like quite a lot of like negative connotations but um it is accurate with when when you think about it as the context of rich results inserts so everything like featured snippet the related questions image or video results basically anything even even local packs um the local like three packs that you can get anything like that that's a rich result that's giving you more information than just sort of the standard organic listing they as we all know they pretty much completely dominate a lot of organic results pages and really when the search results themselves are that rich and have all that information the user has little reason to actually ever leave google and click through to a site and and that's what makes it a monopoly i guess because google is essentially keeping a lot of that search traffic for itself rather than sending it through onto the most relevant websites which is kind of traditionally you know always been the model of a search engine is it would just give you the best results and you'd sort of go on your merry way do you think um, from a from a user point is, of view sorry you carry on carry on yeah, <laughs> from from a user point of view do you think that's right because if we weren't in seo do you think actually we that's a, a really good user experience or do you think it, it's actually better to go back to the old way of clicking through and getting more detail it's, it's hard to say, really. I think, I mean, I think w- one thing that, that we can know for certain is that the fact that we have sort of got this far in terms of there being so much information in the SERP does suggest that that is sufficient for the user and, and that is answering their question and that is, you know, matching their intent. Otherwise, Google wouldn't have done it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um it's definitely it's it's interesting to say whether it's sort of a good thing or a bad thing for marketers but i think for users um 
it, it, it must work otherwise mm. it, it wouldn't exist and I, and I think ultimately anything that we're doing we need to have the user in mind because at the end of the day google and other search engines users are their customers and they're working on their sort of customer experience aren't they and they want to sort of prove the best the best experience they can when we're using search engines and when it's and when we search for stuff we want the most relevant things and we want to get information quickly exactly and, and it is easier you know if you don't have to click onto a website and then wait for that to load and then yeah. find the information on the page if, if you've got this kind of intermediary you know doing that for you then that that is a step easier and that is quicker and more efficient. Yeah, and, and I think, I guess that's that's kind of the crux of it, isn't it? Is mm. that the search engine now is acting as the final destination for users rather than this kind of like middleman that just connects the user to a final destination. So I'm feeling then that um, obviously organic search is, so we're not saying that there's no value in it anymore or we shouldn't be doing it. It's just that things are changing and we sort of talked about ways that we can do that. But other things to think about is sort of working more multi-channel with your marketing, working yeah. smarter when we do focus on art, on organic. So things such as Barnacle SEO, which is where, mm-hmm. I mean, how would you explain Barnacle SEO? Um I love the term barnacle SEO. I think it's brilliant. Um, it's, just, it's a really good name for it. So it's basically the idea of sort of leveraging other sites' rankings for, for certain terms, um, which I think is a great um, tactic and a great example, again, of thinking of organic in a different way rather than, than kind of thinking, oh, there's these really, really, you know, high volume search terms that are super relevant that would be great to rank for. If the competition's really, really high and, and you're never going to rank for them, then trying to leverage another site that does rank for it in order to still get that value and that connection with your with your target audience can, can be a really successful tactic. Mm. Um, a good example of where this can work well are sort of best search terms so you know anything that's like best things to do in Liverpool or you know best this best that you likely for those terms you get like sort of roundup style articles which I mean best things to do in you're probably going to get TripAdvisor or something like that and best one in the world probably no one is ever going to outrank TripAdvisor for that term so it's not a great use of time or budget Mm. or whatever to try and do that but if you can try and get listed within the content of that article that does rank for it you can potentially still get some value from that search via organic which is effectively that's what's why it's called barnacle seo yes i think it's just a great term yes, for it's it a great term and also so saying on the working smarter i think yeah. a lot of people get stuck on so when they're doing sort of keyword research they're just they're focusing on like the volume and competition but there should be other metrics shouldn't there that um so what other metrics should people be considering i think so yeah definitely i think that understanding the opportunity sort of that's made up of many different features as well as volume is important so yeah competition like you said click-through rate of um 
searches, which you can get from various different tools when you're doing a keyword research, understanding do people actually click through on this? Is it worth going after if traffic is kind of the core thing, you know, that we're trying to achieve here? Again, big up to SEMrush because one uh, really interesting feature that that has is it will actually give you kind of a list of different rich results and SERP features that appear for different search terms which you can then sort of take into into consideration in your sort of planning stages and say okay well if there's already you know um, a knowledge panel and a um, featured snippet and there's FAQs and blah 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 and all this showing up it like you can kind of size up the the opportunity versus the effort to put in and, and better understand if that's something that's worth going after or not basically. Cool and so I suppose to to round up, how would you suggest people ride the wave of no-click searches? And do you think there's a potential for it to be a sort of a sink or swim situation or there's benefits like brand awareness and all click-through rate and that kind of... What are your views on that? Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously search there's definitely no one size fits all no sort of like cookie cutter recommendation that anyone can ever make so it will depend on (laughs) the industry that you're in and what you're dealing with the kinds of like products and services you offer and there's definitely no no right or wrong answer to say everyone has to change everything to deal with no click um or everyone has to kind of ignore it and, and just carry on what they're doing but one thing that I do think for sure is that to not um, consider it and not to recognise it and potentially explore how it could impact your um, organic search or your overall marketing campaign um, is probably a really big risk. So understanding it and understanding what it means, how it's changing search and, and why it's changing it, I think is definitely definitely valuable for for everyone to consider really good advice love that awesome so got a few more like questions for you hannah and then it's going to be feature time i i always (laughs) i sent some dread in that um (laughs) chair that was a, it was a slight grimace yeah I'm not gonna lie but <laughs> I'm looking forward to it it'll be good and I've, I've just realized I always have to say feature time in a weird way I can't just say feature time. yeah yeah she can't, can't do it, can't do it. No. okay yeah, so it wouldn't be as good as you <laughs> so um Hannah who has inspired you in your career Oh, that's actually a tricky question. I feel like it shouldn't be. <laughs> I feel like that should be easy. But um, I don't know. I, I guess, like I said before, I never really intended to to go in into search or even into digital or whatever. It very much kind of happened upon me in my career. So I've never really had like an idol or like one person in particular that I've kind of looked up to but what I do find and who I do find you know inspiring are kind of anyone in the industry who can take something like SEO that it can obviously be we can live in a very technical world in terms of this and algorithms and the other and blah 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 um, and just apply some kind of creativity and innovation to that people that are you know creating tools or testing new strategies and things like that I think that's really inspiring and it makes me want to do more of it it's really refreshing to see and in terms of um, like on social media for example are there maybe two or three people that you could give us as people that you would suggest our listeners follow yeah well I mean 
recently I, as, as I'm sure many other people have, have been you know, low-key stalking all the guys over at Rise at Seven. Um, <laughs> oh, I gosh, had, yes. I know. I know you've had um, a couple of them um, on the show in the past, but I just think, you know, they're, they're making waves in the yeah. industry and, and it's interesting to follow their journey and get an insight into their world and, and what they're doing. So, yeah, definitely, you know, any anyone, anyone there. Um, and there's also <laughs> just all of them, any and all. Everyone loves those guys. Um, yeah. Um, there's also a gal called Giselle Navarro who works over at um, Neoman Studios in Manchester. And um, I've always been really, really interested in their work they're like a content marketing agency but um they just create like really really amazing content really really good interesting data-led stuff and Giselle is just I mean she's an outreach genius basically she's definitely worth a follow on on Twitter and I kind of yeah I'm always interested to see what she's up to so if you haven't check those guys out Awesome. It's always good to have people to add to lists and people to follow. So obviously, yeah. I, I feel like I know the answer to this question because you've <laughs> sort of said a couple of times, um, SEMrush, <laughs> but favourite SEO tool? I am a big fan of SEMrush. It, it's a good all-round all platform. But actually, I'd have to say my favourite SEO tool is Deep Crawl. Ooh. Over oh, Screaming yeah. Frog? Well, yeah, I think so. I can, I've always kind of thought of Deep Call as basically a more user-friendly screaming frog because um, by and large they do do the same thing. But yeah, I, 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 I like that about Deep Call because, I mean, it just it makes it so much easier to kind of get the same information. And it's, it's this really handy thing where it will kind of like spit out nice little PDFs of like top-line tech issues, which is, super super handy you know as a conversation starter with clients or also prospective um new clients as well yeah i just think it's really useful nice it's nice to have one that's a bit different yes because obviously when we ask that question get the usual suspects so it's nice when someone throws something new into the mix yeah and hannah do you have any questions for us I do. I'm, I'm kind of I'm generally interested in your, you know, personal experiences about, you know, no-click searches and sort of voice search and, and whatever. And, and just kind of interested to know if either of you have felt that, you know, sort of encroaching on your, on your turf, if you felt the impact of that in, in the work that you do. I personally am quite excited by it, which sounds really weird. Yeah. But I think ever since, ever since we saw... Brighton SEO talk about how actually click-through rate improves with featured snippets I've been like Mm. right that strategy is on my list you know what I mean because it's even if it's not I think there is the brand recognition there when people see that you're the one answering like if you if if I was to say WebMD yes you would Mm -hmm. you could automatically see their logo can't you because chances are you've googled why is my toe purple or green do you know what I mean something like that and and they they come up and they're (laughs) You got a bit purple or green toe, Bryce? <laughs> Brycey. <laughs> so I, th- I think it's almost like you could be like, oh, check NHS Direct or check WebMD. And you just, those, they come in your head mm. because you see them more. So I think mm-hmm. actually appearing, even if they're not clicking through, appearing in those feature mm-hmm. snippets can be super valuable. Mm. And voice search, I think I've got a bit of a love-hate relationship with it. So I want to really like it. We've got a Google Home at home and I'm always using Siri. But 
I just think it's got so so far to go before it's really really valuable but I keep trying I keep trying to use Mm -hmm. it Um, and in terms of sort of the working life I think that again massive opportunities like you said depending on the industry but yeah Mm -hmm. I think it's only going to get and I think so my viewpoint on sort of voice search is it's st- still relative so if you think how old SEO and the internet is voice search and voice assistants are still relatively new yeah so there's a lot that yeah, we don't definitely. there's a lot that we don't know there's also like um how how do we measure and things like that so I I I do get why people get because people get scared of change, don't they? Mm. And mm-hmm. when and that's not not just related to SEO and marketing. You can't be good. You can't be scared of changing SEO. No, you? you can't. But people get scared <laughs> of change in general life. Do you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. with SEO, it's constant. Google and search engines are constantly changing. So, for example, with featured snippets, you used to if you got a featured snippet, you in effect had two listings because on the first mm-hmm. page you'd be in the featured snippet and you'd also statistically be in either one, two, three positions. So you you were in the space twice. Mm-hmm. But Google yeah. have announced that they're deduplicating. Do what they're calling it Mm deduplication I struggle with words so many times so there they are trying and working towards if you have got a feature snippet you won't also be in the organic list Mm. below and that's because Google wants to like so it's all about providing valuable results for the end user so they're obviously thinking having two of the same isn't very valuable and give someone else Mm -hmm. a chance sort of thing so yeah, so with sort of no-click searches, voice and feature snippets, embrace it. Yes, it's scary, but there's always going to be hacks. So one of my hacks, and I think I say it all the time, is with a feature snippet. If you've got a bullet point list, Google can only show, I think it's eight. So if you have more than eight, it will show to the user that they're missing information. And like those yeah. three dots, what's the posh word for Ellipsis. three dots? Thank you, Hannah. <laughs> Brycey, we're calling you Brycey on this podcast. Yeah. So if the user's like, oh, I'm missing information, I need to click on, then you're enticing people to click. So there's always ways around it and stuff. And just just embrace change and also own a space that's your own. Do you know what I mean? So so work on your own email list, work on things that you own yourself because it's the same with social. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, what happened like there's loads of people who just have their business on a social media mm. platform what happens if they shut shop well they, or facebook decides to only show ads like it did yeah or yeah. no businesses are allowed an account do you know what i mean yeah. like you yeah. and google, google's the same you're you're using their space to like get click-throughs to your website and stuff and you've just got to be savvy about that i don't know if i've answered i think i've like on a bit on a rant there haven't I I enjoyed it (laughs) I think it's a really good point to say as well that no you know no matter like just to reiterate what you just said but no matter what changes we do you know see which I'm sure there are going to be many many more still to come there's always ways around it and there's always things that you can do like you said about the bullet pointed list you know one thing that we've um, seen a lot of success with recently is getting so putting FAQ schema on sort of the content um, on pages and we've been playing around with actually um, putting a hyperlink in the FAQ Ah. answers which then if we do get the FAQs in the SERP there's a link there and again it's just another chance to 
Yeah. Capitalise on that traffic and another opportunity to get clicks through. Yeah, it's, it's always good to be testing and play, playing around with different things. Great tip. Right. So we are on the feature section now on, on the podcast. I'm excited. <laughs> You sound, <laughs> you sound it. I mean, normally, <laughs> Hannah, it's Brycey. It's really weird calling you Brycey. Um, <laughs> but it's normally Bryce challenging and questioning me. So when I get the chance to, like, challenge and question Hannah, it's all very yeah. exciting. And Hannah's just looking at me like, what have you got in store? <laughs> I'm really hoping it's a quiz about badges. Unfortunately not. Okay. So this week, you guys are going head to head in a category ping pong thing. Yeah. Okay. So basically, okay. I'm going to say a category and you have to ping pong. So if I was to, uh, to say, I don't know, food, you'd have to like take it in terms to say cabbage, carrot, lettuce, and when someone stumbles or when someone goes, uh, 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 and they don't say an answer quick enough, you will hear me make a noise, a klaxing noise of some point, and yeah, you lose. <laughs> Does that be a good noise? Can you do a foghorn? Uh, I don't yeah, that would be great. <laughs> I don't know what the foghorn is. Perfect. <laughs> so, does that, have I explained that? Yep. Yeah? Okay. Yep. Any questions? Nope. No? Thank you. Hannah? Hannah C? I'm ready. You're ready. Okay. So, the first category is girl bands. And Hannah C, go. You go first. Ready? Go. Spice Girls. Eternal. Garbage. Bewitched. Destiny's Child. The Saturdays. TLC. Oh God, I'm done. Uh, they weren't my. They weren't my thing. <laughs> oh, Damn it! It's too late. Awesome. Right. So that is a point to you, Hannah. Woo. Woo. Okay. So next category. And I'll let Bryce go first this time. Thank you. So, cocktails. Three, two, one, go. Woo-woo. Pina Colada. Sex on the beach. A Manhattan. Espresso martini. A daiquiri. Normal martini. Mojito. <laughs> uh, oh. uh, uh, hey. I've got to make a new noise, haven't I? <laughs> no, I love it. Hannah! You've got two, yeah. Bryce. I know. Come on. I've chosen topics that I'm good at. <laughs> okay. I, I realised that I did lie at the beginning of the podcast. This one is sort of related to SEO. <laughs> <laughs> so I do, do apologise. Uh, so this category is SEO tools, right? So okay. like you can, I'll let you say like Google Analytics, Google Search Console, all of that. So SEO. Don't give them away. To- Tools that you use for SEO. And yes, you went first, Bryce, last time. So Hannah, three, two, one, go. Google Analytics. Google Search Console. Google Tag Manager. SEMrush. Ahrefs. Google Lighthouse. Moz. Hike SEO. Um, Venue. Bright Edge. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> if I'd have lost that one, I'd have been gutted. <laughs> As if that's the one that I lose, but I win on girl bands and cocktails. Hey, we all have our strengths in life. <laughs> okay, 
So next, that's the only SEO one. Few. I mean, well, I'm glad well, I've got that one. And that's it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm happy. Uh, dog weeds. So who went? Who went first last time? Hannah. I think I did. So Bryce, you're up on dog weeds. Three, two, one, go. Chihuahua. Pog. German Shepherd. Uh, Golden Retriever. Labradoodle. Chinese Crested. Labrador. Uh, Cockapoo. Poodle. Great Dane. Miniature Poodle. <laughs> um, a St. Bernard A terrier uh, ah, Sorry I can't Ooh. think of any more dogs <laughs> <laughs> To be fair there's a load You could have just made up ones I totally milked the poodle ones Yeah so. I could have Because <laughs> <laughs> you've got your crossbreeds as well yeah. Right this is quite exciting mm. Because you're on a draw Ooh so yeah this is the and it's this is the last one and it matters people oh, God. okay <laughs> so bryce i'm really forgetting who went, who went first last time i went first okay so hannah c yeah right the category is types of cheese three two one go blue cheese gouda edam red leicester Chasha. cheddar Mature cheddar. <laughs> Light cheddar. <laughs> Low fat cheddar. Uh, when, Wensleydale. Stilton. Uh, oh, I, can't think of one. Oh, I didn't uh, even get my next one was going to be vegan cheese. As vegan, well. cheese. <laughs> vegan cheese. Vegan cheese. Uh, that is, well, so Bryce, you are the winner. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Well done. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. I'm very sorry, Hannessy, but uh, I mean, you started strong with your cocktails and girl brand knowledge. I did. And you have been the star of this podcast. You, you have been the star yeah. of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, so I don't have a forfeit. So wonderful. Thank wonderful you. Wonderful for both of you, really. I don't have a forfeit. For, I couldn't think of a forfeit for this one. Oh god, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if anyone, I mean, Hannah, can you think? Seen as you're the reigning champion, do you know what? It'd be nice if people would write in with some forfeits for us because we've, we've done a lot. And I know, yeah. ideas are dried yeah, up. They have, to be honest. Yeah. So, people, give us some forfeit ideas. Would you like to give a forfeit for yourself, Hannah? I'm imagining the answer is a no. I mean. I- but yeah, no, I think I'm okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny times, funny times. Right, so that is the end of today's show. Sad times, they always go really fast. Yeah, so, they have gone very quick. So thank you very much for joining us. Yes, thank you. Hannah. Thank you for having me. If people want to get in touch with you, find you, follow you, or like what you're up to, how do they do that? Where are you? Um, I'd say LinkedIn probably best. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, get get in, get in touch. Marvelous. Anything else? How about Hit Search? Where's Where's Hit Search? Um, Hit Search again. LinkedIn. We're on Twitter. Kind of all the usual, all the usual places. Um, if you want to come and kind of check us out and see what we do and what not. Awesome. So definitely check. Check both Hannah, Hannah C, and we can't ever have another Hannah on. Like, this is <laughs> no. this confused you too much. I'm very is confused. The, is this, this is the longest palindrome that you've ever had on the on the podcast. <laughs> it is, yeah, I like that. Yeah, um, <laughs> cool. So, how can they get in? How can people get in touch with the podcast, Hannah? 
So it's <laughs> I just chucked a pen, people. <laughs> it's hello at seosaspodcast.com. Also on Twitter, SEO underscore SAS, and you can find us both on Twitter. Yes, Hannah, I think we've already said, but Hannah has joined the Twitter I've universe. I've joined, I'm massively failing at it. I've got no notifications on it. I'm not, to be honest, enjoying it very much yet, but maybe that will change. Um, so SEO, SAS, Hannah, or even better, Sarah McDuck. Sarah McDuck, we're both on LinkedIn. Yes. And yes, and we, if you like and listen to the podcast and you think we deserve a five star review, please do. And I mean, thank you to those. I think we've got seven now. Oh, thank you, guys. So thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who has given us a review because obviously the more reviews we get, um, it feeds our ego. No. <laughs> No, it helps our <laughs> podcast be shown to other people. And if you think this podcast needs to be shown to other people, help us out. Share the love. Share the love. So I've had a good time. Have you had a good time, Brycey? Yeah, I've had a great time. Hannah C., have you had a good time? Yes, I've had the best time. Thank you very much. Aww. Awesome. Right. So I think we just need to say goodbye. Adios. Adios, amigos. Bye-bye.